Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. I give JP and G. Bush credit because they were in the middle of a topic about would you give up uh, the Browns bringing back Nick Chubb and maybe like a guy like Jack Conklin if it meant you could afford Mike Evans. And it it had, uh, well, one of the things that had my blood pressure rising this morning and I had to call in because I think there are people thinking like this out there. And I'll be honest with you, if we were in Pittsburgh, it's it's how we, we should think. If we were in, uh, you know, if we were Chargers fans in, in the L.A. media, I, I don't know that those exist, but we would be thinking about this. But, like, it vexes me when we start thinking about Nick Chubb. Listen, there's a real conversation with whether you should extend, restructure, move on from Nick Chubb. We get really emotional about it because we love Nick Chubb, and I think Nick Chubb exemplifies everything we want the Cleveland Browns to be. Yes. He goes about it right. He is uh, he is Batman. He is uh, quietly obsessive in pursuit of greatness. He is arguably one of the three best players the Browns have had consistently since 1999. Like, I, I, I don't – there are other guys who might actually be more productive that don't get the kind of love. Like, I'll be honest with you. I think Nick gets more just unquestioned love than even Miles does. But I say this to say, it's a valid conversation for the Browns to say, what's his value? Go to their agent. What do you think his value is? And if there is a discrepancy between those two things, it cannot be resolved. It's a valid conversation. I don't think they want it. I don't think he wants it. I don't think the timing makes sense for either side to part. But this idea of, well, but, you know, if it makes sense from it, no. There's one reason why Nick Chubb would not be here next year, and that is the Browns and his agent couldn't see eye-to-eye on his value. That's the only way in which it makes sense. And if the Browns were to sell it to you in any other way, it would be disingenuous. I don't think we have to worry about that, but I just think we get trapped into this this paranoia of, well, we got to watch this. I I think we know what the most likely outcome is here. There's still a chance he could get moved on from, uh, minuscule as it may be, and it still is a conversation. But let's just at least be honest about that conversation. It is about yeah. value and and va- and what you're willing to pay him and nothing more about these uh, uh, woe-begotten uh, cap. No, none of that. That does not exist for the Cleveland Browns in the way it does for 60% of other NFL franchises. The challenge for the Browns is not not so much the cap thing. It's how much productivity is left in Nick Chubb. Yeah. There's no doubt that he is working his butt off to go through his rehab and get back to the player that he was pre-injury. But there is a reality that the body can only take so much. The body can only heal from so much. Mm -hmm. And this is the second major surgery he has had to basically sew his knee back together. Okay, And again... There is no issue about work ethic. There is no issue uh, about locker room fit or anything like that. Because as you said, he's the quintessential Cleveland Brown. 
the Browns wish they had 53 Nick Chubbs. And that and that's not to, you know, besmirch anyone else in that locker room. Yeah. That's just a figure of speech. Um, because they have other Nick Chubbs within that uh locker room. But he's not gonna be available week one. So the value it where he's at right now, it it it's his top value is not there right at this moment. And so the challenge for Andrew Barry is he wants to balance. We want to take care of Nick Chubb because to Barry's credit, he has shown he's willing to take care of his guys. Yeah. Okay. Which earns you a lot within your locker room. Yeah. That matters a lot. And that's why you see the coach, the, the Bill Belichick was the outlier. He was the coach and GM up in New England for years and years and years. Coach slash GMs rarely work because not only do you have to negotiate your your contract with the guy and if there's incentives or whatever, now that coach has a vested interest sometimes in making sure you don't hit those incentives, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that then creates problems within the locker room. But Andrew Berry shows he takes care of his guys. Nick Chubb is one of his guys. Make no mistake about that. And that's why I'm not even sweating this Nick Chubb situation. And I know we're talking about it. We're just throwing yeah. ideas out how they would result. Easiest path to this. They do, they do a restructure for him, and we've seen the Browns do this in the past. All right, we're going to restructure. Instead of giving you the 12 guarantee, we're going to make eight guarantee, put some incentives so you can get the other four back, um, and maybe we slap another year on it for mm-hmm. you. and get Because you're coming back from injury this year. Now, you know, next year's when we hope to have the Nick Chubb yeah. back at our disposal. So there there are ways to work around this. I understand what you're saying. And I get the concern and the conversation. But me knowing Andrew Barry, I'm not worried about Nick Chubb's future as a Cleveland Brown. Well, it's funny. I think I'm only worried if his agent feels like there's more value That's the rub. elsewhere. That's the rub. Yeah. And, and, and again... The agent's job is to extract as much value for his client, Nick Chubb, from the Browns as possible. And the value, obviously, is is cash. But the Browns come back saying, well, our options here are we can just cut him, albeit unpopular. We'll take a bad PR hit, right? But we're also going to save $12 million in salary cap space. How about we save some salary cap space, keep Nick Chubb a Cleveland Brown, still pay Nick Chubb, give him, because his security ends right now, how about we give him another year of security? Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? So, there again, there are ways to work around this and also speak in a language that the agent is going to also appreciate. Well, and I just think, like, I, I think teams are really smart. You mentioned the PR hit. I think teams are really smart about the guys that. Well, the Browns really... have shown you they're willing to take PR hits. Well, no, 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 but I, but I think Let, let's be honest. This about would it. be different. This would be a different kind of PR hit, like the like the juice worth the squeeze kind of argument with with Deshaun is if Deshaun goes out and plays well, you're going to say, "See why we did this," Correct. right? In this case, there's no see why we did this. Even if Nick Chubb goes elsewhere, and let's say his career was just over, he's going to be 29. Yeah, it's gonna be twenty nine in December. Let's just say it's the injuries and age have caught up, right? You don't, you can't take a victory lap on that because hey, look, we saved eight million dollars, right? Because everyone's gonna double back to 
yeah, but you guys treat the salary cap like it's non-existent anyways. Yeah. So there's no victory lap to be had there versus when you trade a guy that might be an unpopular acquisition and him being there or honestly just a bad faith actor in the locker room. Yeah, oh, he- hey, we cut Odell. Look, he was a pain in the ass everywhere else when he went to. You don't get that with Nick. Yeah. And I, and and- I will give the Browns credit. I think they know the value of Nick Chubb is more, it, it is, is in some ways, um, you can't put an actual value on it. You can, because we do that with every player. Right. My point is, this is not the same thing as moving on from Kareem Hunt. I'll say this too, like with Chubb, we're, you know, when we talk about regret, the Johnny thing uh, yeah. earlier in the hour. Uh, the thing that I regret for Nick Chubb and for the Cleveland Browns, and I have no skin in this game, I regret that the Browns failed to get Nick Chubb that rushing title a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. I wish they had the same energy for that as they did getting Miles Garrett the defensive player of the year this year. And again, I'm not criticizing. That's what you're supposed to do as an organization. You get your players back, you prop them up, you get them the recognition that they've so well deserve and that they've earned. And they didn't do that for Chubb. They stuck it to they unintentionally or whatever. He had it stuck to him a couple of years ago and he got passed for the rushing title and he shouldn't have been. And and that's a that's a failure. That is an organizational failure that they couldn't get that feather in his cap. And I realize individual awards are, you know, people d- d- are dismissive of those, but that's one that I really wish would have happened that you know, Nick Chubb would have gotten that rushing title. I'll be honest with you. I don't think that rushing title would have been as consequential to his legacy as making the playoffs more than two times in six years at, at the peak of his career. I think that, like, I think you saw with Christian McCaffrey, this year was about the resurrection of the the narrative about Christian McCaffrey because you saw how important he was in the playoffs. Yeah. You saw, I mean, guys... I give him a lot more credit. Brock Purdy was fine in the game. I'm not. This is not me turning it back around and taking you're another not, you're, swipe you're, at Brock you're, Purdy. You're not ready to say he's a franchise quarterback yet. No, he's not. Okay, uh, but but he in, got to the Super Bowl. Yeah, a lot of bad quarterbacks have gotten to the Super Bowl. Okay. He's not a bad quarterback, but I'm not. No, we're not doing this. I'm not being lured into this fight again. Yeah, I but tried. When it comes back to the the Christian McCaffrey thing, I think if in the next two years they're back fighting for the Super Bowl the next two years like we expect him to be, and he's going for another 160 per playoff game like he did in the Super Bowl, I think that gets Christian McCaffrey into the playoffs, into the the Hall of Fame conversation for real. And I think that's what's missing from Nick. Yeah, because when you look at the Hall of Fame right now, we were talking about guards and centers and how tough it is for them to get in. Like, it's, I think... in the coming years, yeah. for this modern group of running backs from, I would say, 2010 to present day and going forward, I think it's going to be a real difficult conversation about what running backs are Hall of Fame worthy because the league, yeah, they still want you to carry the ball, right? Yeah. And get them the yards, but they don't want to pay it. The old adage, I know how much you value and respect me when I look at my paycheck, right? Yeah. It, same thing goes for running backs. They are not paid elite elite money. The elite guys aren't receiving the elite dollars. Well, and statistically, if you look at it, whether it's dual-purpose running backs who are great in the pass game and on the run game, or even just a more of a, a guy that's been used more as a, a bowling ball of a running back in Nick Chubb, yeah. 
there is a glut of guys that have seven, eight, nine thousand yards, and that's their career. You wonder what the other motivation for the Browns is to resolve this Nick Chubb thing. Uh, aside from what we've you know talked about, what's that? It's look at look at what the running game was without Nick Chubb this year. Mm-hmm. They, yes, Kareem Hunt, nine rushing touchdowns, career high, all that, great, right? They had no problems running the ball inside the ten. Scored a lot of touchdowns doing that. The problem was between the 20s. Mm-hmm. The explosive runs weren't nearly as consistent as we had become accustomed to and things like that. And don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to undersell or devalue the importance of punching it in from inside the five on the ground. But you you did see, let's be honest about it, there was drop-off in the running game. And there, understandably there so, without having Nick Chubb. There was, but you know what their, their counter will be? Uh, Jerome Ford had 1,100 yards from scrimmage this year. Yes. He had nine touchdowns, and he averaged four yards per carry. You got 18 touchdowns out of your, yeah. two, your two primary backs. And again, I understand all that, but that that uh, the home run hitting that we used to get out of the backfield wasn't there. And that's understandable. Those guys aren't Nick Chubb. I, well, I get it. Into what you were saying about this, and again, the, the conversation, it got brought up, you know, Zach Jackson listed Nick Chubb as one of the potential cut candidates, as the Browns' potential cut candidate, and he really, he wasn't saying they're going to cut him. What he was saying is, you have to do something this offseason, yeah, I mean, whether they, it's restriction, uh, restructure, contract extension, or or make that move from him, cut or trade him. Final year of a contract with the twelve million cap savings uh, staring you in the eyeballs when you're On going a into back, the coming league, off an injury, coming who's twenty nine, going to be twenty, who's not going to be available week one, and yeah. like that's that is very very real. That and is it was the, going to be a conversation if Nick had been healthy. Right. I actually think the injury could be the thing that keeps Nick here for the rest of his career because I think if he's fully healthy, he would have gone into this saying, I need... Th- we get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. That next contract. And they might yeah, have been okay with it. because he'd have two years yes. to where, he, because again, we've seen it in the NFL. Once you hit 30, that's where you go to die if you're a running back. Uh, he'd have two years to, to, to make money. Yes. And also keep in mind, remember what Chubb said in West Virginia at the Greenbrier when the whole Saquon Barkley conversation was happening and how he, you know, he, when Nick Chubb speaks, people need to listen. Yeah. And that was a moment where Chubb spoke and everybody heard him when he basically said, hey, we running backs are getting the short end of the stick here. We're doing the same thing as everybody else. We're the ones taking the physical beating, and it's a struggle for us to get paid these days. And teams are just wearing us down. And then by the time we get to a point where we've, quote-unquote, proven ourselves, now we're too old to continue getting paid or we have too much tread on the tires. They're always finding reasons why they shouldn't pay running backs. 216-474-0092. So I nor Daryl think the Browns are going to cut or trade Nick Chubb. We think it's, it's I don't want to say a cinch because it never is when it comes to agents, players, and money and all this, especially late in your career. 
but we think it's about as certain as you can possibly be that that Nick Chubb is here next year under a reworked contract in some way. But you said something there I want to throw out to the people, which is, do you think the Browns actually could afford the PR nightmare that would be moving on from Nick Chubb? I actually disagree with you. I don't think the Browns, and this is a hypothetical You're not allowed to disagree with me. Um, I think it's what I'm paid to do. I think in my contract, I got to go go over it again. And Check say, the fine print. Please disagree with Daryl Ryder whenever you get the chance. But you had said, well, they've they've shown a willingness to to you know have unpopular decisions, the PR nightmares, and I that is true. They have done that. They I, they had the the worst PR nightmare you can imagine, and they've weathered it. And other than us occasionally talking about it or something popping up in the news, getting rehashed or whatever from an a, from aggregators, like they let's be honest about it. They weathered that PR nightmare. Uh, to some degree, yeah. Then listen, I, when that when we say they, it's not just about the organization. We're talking right. about the locker room and all the right. stuff. But when it comes to Nick Chubb, I just think this is a different kind of sensitive stuff. This is Bernie Kosar 2.0 in your view? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think this is, you know, this is one of the, uh, it's not quite cutting Joe Thomas, you know, because like at one point when, when, well, they almost traded Joe Thomas to the Broncos and he vetoed it. Well, but when at that time, we, not all of us, but I remember saying on my night show being like, if Joe wants to go, I can't, how can I stand in the way? Go get I your just, ring. Yeah. I just want him to win. I've never said that. I will never say that about a player again, because that's how bad the Browns were how much I love Joe as a player, and, it, and and now obviously with a great human that we kind of see every single day, and then and then I just realized that they were going to the pit of the despair. Like now, you're to the point where it's like, I think Nick Chubb has become a guy, I'm not trying to turn him into actual Batman, but he is a symbol. And I think he is a guy, listen, if, if he was making uh, $40 million a year as a quarterback, if he was making... Uh, sixty million. Sorry, thirty million dollars a year as a edge rusher. It's a different ball game, and those kind of finances really matter. We're talking about anywhere from four to twelve million dollars, right? And it's not that that money doesn't matter, but Nick Chubb is a symbol of everything you wanted the Browns to be, of the Brown stability, quite frankly. And here's the thing: I don't think that's just a fan belief. I know that they like to paint themselves as, well, we make everything and we're a logical organization and we do everything, you know, due to uh, nuts and bolts and common sense and all this other stuff. And I <laughs> believe that to a degree. Yeah. But this is where the human side of football cannot be it, – it's undefeated. Where, yeah, we can say, well, what's a running back's value or what's Nick Chubb's value coming off of the knee injury? We can say all of those things. But to the brass tacks, the, Nick Chubb is who the Browns want the Browns to be. Yes. And that's the symbology of of Nick Chubb. You mean the sim so, the symbolism? Symbolism. Uh, wait, what what Willem you said Defoe? You, you I, know, I know I was I was I was using never mind. That's not the point. I was having fun with some words there. Um but the point is like I I think the Browns also view By the way, does nobody believe me that I was using symbology playfully? Cuz Keith gave me the damn look too. No, I I know the movie. Okay. Which is uh the two brothers, the Irish Brothers, I can't remember the the movie, the title. The Irish Brothers with the with the movie with the title. Yeah, they kill all the bad guys. Yes, you are correct, and it's symbolism, which is Willem Dafoe. It is uh, uh, Boondock Saints. You 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 pitching at us? Ah, the two Irish brothers that kill everybody. It almost threw me off knowing the movie that I was quoting, <laughs> in both saying symbology 
and symbolism. Uh, I, I was just thrown off by the symbology. Hey, you said, have you ever seen Boondock Saints? Long time ago. I haven't seen oh, it recently. Yeah. Well, you should, you should look for watch this. it again. It's a good movie. Yeah, it's, it's really good, despite how badly Keith and I have explained the movie just now. Uh, but they use symbology in it. Now, to land the plane. I think the Cleveland... <laughs> I think this is one of those cases where I do think the organization looks at Nick and it's more than just a 29-year-old running back coming off a devastating knee injury. And if Nick was not coming off that injury but coming off a 1,500-yard season, it would have been a lot more difficult of a conversation. It's not. And not just now. Like, I, I don't think they have to worry about the cut or keep Nick Chubb unless he goes out next year and can't compete. Because if Nick goes out over 10, 10 games next year and has 800 yards – and you've added on a year of his contract, it's not going to make sense for him unless he's lights out in December. Unless, I mean, I'm, I'm talking about 150 yards every game in December, and he's the reason you go to the playoffs. That's really the only way that he can force his hand with his play because he's not going to be healthy for the full season. Yeah. So that sets you up for his year 30 season, and then, and then it becomes, well, do you still want to play? Can you still play? Should we go year to year? So, like, I think in a weird turnabout You just kick way, the can down the road. Yeah. Well, and, I think, and there's nothing wrong with that. Well, and I think there are certain players that you allow yourself to do that with. I honestly, I think it's one of the reasons why they extended Jack Conklin when they did. Because yeah, that and the left uh, the the uh, the tackle market was going bananas. Well, and and you know Browns fans, oh well, he's hurt all the time. Yeah, but that guy means something in that locker room because he's one of the guys that helped turn around the tide. Right. So you, I think there are just certain guys that you make exceptions for of. This is not usually how we do business, but hey, if you mean you can, more to this organization than otherwise. If you can compromise your principles for some people, it, then why can't you compromise maybe the things that might make more business sense? Well, and it's just than people sense. But but the people sense thing, teams do it all the time. Yeah, and it's so funny because teams, it's the easiest. It's like the easiest victory lap you can have. Oh, we believe in the person. We believe in the player. Yep. And which teams by, which, don't by the like way, to admit they do it. Which is 100% true when it comes to Nick Chubb. Yes. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, that. that's not thats not lip service. That's not Hugh Jackson sitting up there saying, trust me. If like, there's a guy that can legit. come back from a second devastating knee surgery while going into year 29, while uh, while facing an, an, an offense that I don't know is going to fit him the same way, if, if you're truly going to run more spread concepts, it's this freaking guy and so if he's got that value to your fans and he's got that value to your locker room and he's got that value to what you want the organization to be there listen i'll tell you right now there's still some slap assery in the browns organization and that's not i i, I do not mean this i'm not i'm not making fun of the haslams like i tend to i'm i'm this is not a i'm not trying to be mean or in spiteful you don't go from where you were a decade ago with alex shiner and some of the hucksters they had there you don't go from that. Even beforehand with Mike, and then before him, it was Phil Savage fighting with uh, was it Romeo Gary Cornell. Collins and Gary Collins, right? Yeah, the, yeah. Not Gary Collins. No, um, not Phil Collins either. It was definitely John <laughs> Collins. John Collins. So you don't go from that to being the Pittsburgh Steelers. Which, by in the way, John years. Collins was in, it was like imported from the NFL league office. Yeah, and we it's could still, do a whole show on how much the NFL is screwed over the Browns since 1999 with the people that they have suggested. People. 
that Brown's ownership hire, and then Brown's ownership goes out and hires them, and they all turned out to be flaming train wrecks. But this is not an indictment of where they are. Yeah. Because it's more of a statement on how long it takes you to get out of dysfunction. So the Browns have come a tremendous amount of ways. They still have a ways to go to completely eradicate. And a lot of this is predicated on winning at a big level, by the way. Winning but, cures all. But they have a, uh, they still have a small gap to really close off and, and just quarantine themselves from that, that part of history, that sloppy 20 years that was just, in some ways, inconscionable. And that's not the Haslams. That's the Haslams. It's the learners. It's the NFL. It's, it's the city of Cleveland. It's all of it that screwed over Cleveland and created a chaotic bleep show. But the point is, I think Nick Chubb is part of the solution. And if this was two years into the Deshaun thing and Deshaun was throwing for 5,000 yards a season and you just were coming off a trip to the AFC title game and Nick is coming off a big season and he now wants a huge contract, it's a different conversation. But today, the organization benefits, the fans are kept happy, and in in the end, what are you really spending on a guy who has this kind of impact on where you want to be and where you want to go as an organization? I think that's why it's just it, it makes so much sense. Yeah. Do the do right by him and good things will follow. Do right by the right people and good things do follow. And that's why I'm not sweating this at all because I firmly believe that Andrew Barry is go- in again, I'm not trying to speak in absolutes, but Andrew Barry will do everything in his power to do right by Nick Chubb and if that happens, Browns fans will be happy, Nick Chubb will be happy, and well, I guess we'll all be happy. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.